Tony Hawk was on. Uh, oh, the emo's not dead. Uh, Matt Cutshell. He was on there for a video one time along with uh, Pierre from Simple Plan. And Pierre was like, that's my boy because Tony Hawk was pretending to be his boy. Oh, yeah, that one. That yeah. was so fucking good. <laughs> God, that was good. She was like, your son is Tony Hawk? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so fucking good. Tony Hawk, what a guy. Yep. Well, Tony Talk is done. Let's jump into oh, this. Oh, is it? Oh, is it not? Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstad. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode number 98 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. That's Danny. What's up? Over there, we got JB. Hey there. And we're all wishing we were Tony Hawk. No. No. Yeah, no. No. Really? No. no. I'd kill myself. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> wow. I'd break a hip. Oh my god. I would love to be Tony Hawk. I'd literally hit my head and die. Right? Have brain aneurysm. <laughs> Not if you're Tony Hawk. First off, Tony Hawk is a very safe person. He wears helmets and knee pads all the time. And yeah, all the pads. but you know how many concussions he has? Quite a few, I'm sure. 119. 119. <laughs> I wonder if we can look that up. Let's do a quick uh, oh beginning God. of the episode. <laughs> I, 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 Google, I, how many concussions does Tony Hawk have? I thought Tony uh, Tony conversations were done. Hey, Google. How many concussions does Tony Hawk have? 20 concussions. Here's a summary from the website CNBC. 20? Oh, my God. What a... Wow, 20. Is that okay, D- Danny? You know about football and concussions probably yeah, a lot really. more than us. <laughs> is 20 common for a football player? Or, like, what's the like? I isn't the thing with you're only supposed to have like three, four? three concussions in high school, you're done playing sports forever. <laughs> oh my god, like, if you have three concussions within high school, they take you take your eligibility away from you. Okay, that's high school. We're talking about in life now. Each concussion gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, they compound. Holy shit. And then you die. Well, doesn't this just go to sh- go to show how badass Tony Hawk is? 20 concussions? He's one concussion away from an aneurysm. <laughs> You're too old to skate, buddy. Give it up. Hey, man. He does a lot better than you ever would on a skateboard. I know. That's not the point, though. That is the point. 20 concussions, and he can still ollie. You have no concussions, Ooh. and you're going to break your ankle. Ooh, I could jump a piece of wood with wheels. Ooh. <laughs> Not many people can do it. Can, can we Can we do something? I'm going to make a call out now. If we get, if we can get, oh, man, what's a good number? I'm going to say 15 likes on this post. We're going to record JB going on a skateboard and see what happens. No, because I, no, yeah. I know I can't do that anymore. Then do you want to know why? Because I know I'm too damn old for this shit. No, it's not about being old. It's about being able. And if you're making fun of him because he is able, just because you're not able, you got to step up, sir. Nope. Step it up. Nope. The, well, the, then you do it. I want to see you do it. I will do it. 
Mr. Big Talk. I'm not, I'm not the one saying that I I won't do I can't do it. Because I know I can't do it. Because I'm too damn old. But I'm not making fun of Tony Hawk for it. You are. Yeah, he's too damn old, too. Step up Tony. You again, best not miss. Again, he took second in that competition. He's too damn old. Second. You're missing the point. Only, yeah. Only, it wasn't first. Only... <laughs> Only because a 13-year-old pulled off the first 1080 in-world record. Or- yeah, that's even worse. He got beat by a 13-year-old. You're too old, dude. Like, your average competition is a third-year age. Give it up. He was actually the youngest. The next oldest guy, or next youngest, was like mid-20s, early 30s. See? Skateboarding skateboarding vert <laughs> is a very old-person sport. Not if they're only in the 20s and 30s. He's 52. That's skateboarding, too old. That, skateboarding, that's pretty that's old. too old, sir. Skateboarding, that's pretty See? old. See? I'm just saying, Tony Hawk He's is, helping me right now at this yeah, point because no, no, 20 and 30 is too old. Tony You're missing Hawk, the 50 point. is too old. Here's the thing. Tony Hawk is a god when it comes to skateboarding. He'll skate until he's like 70. Bless. and have, No, because he won't make it that long because he'll have another concussion and have an aneurysm <laughs> and die. God. He's such a Tony hater. If we could get Tony... He's to, just not as tall as him, so he hates him for that. To, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Tony Hawk, if you hear this, you send oh, us yeah, a reply. Because Tony Hawk listens to our nerdy little podcast. You'd be surprised on what he... Dude, there's so many people that play Magic that you didn't know. Matthew... Uh, Matthew... McConaughey. Le- no, Lillard. Le- Le- Lillard. All right, all right, all right. Shut up. Wrong Matthew. The one that voices I know. Shaggy. I was still going on about the Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Yeah. Fuck you. Get with the times. Do you get with the times? You're the one <laughs> bashing on Tony Hawk. Yeah, He's a- you get with the times. He's too old. He is not too old. Quit Clearly living in the not- 90s, sir. He is not too old. Quit living in the 90s. Have you played the new Tony Hawk? See, that's the thing. He's had so many concussions. His brain isn't working right. <laughs> he thinks he's still in the 90s. And he <laughs> Sounds like I'm only 20 years old. Let's begin our I episode. I can still skate. <laughs> Let's begin this episode. Hey, Dad, look what I can do. We've deviated off pretty far here. Like Scotty P's septum. Let's begin our episode by thanking our amazing patrons who think that our content is worth supporting. Thank you so very much. Y'all are crazy motherfuckers for that. First off, let's thank Big G, Wade97, Chapman, D Moose, Amu the Fox, Colin, Noah, Third String Chapman, Garrett, and Nikki. Thank you all for this. And, JB, you want to make your uh, call out here for the Patreon? They all know. They were asking about it in the chat. Yeah, in the chat, but that well, was before what? we started recording. This is the part that's going to make it into the episode. Oh, well, yeah. If we can get twenty of you bastards, we'll. <laughs> I don't we'll, think you want we'll, to leave we'll with let that. you. We'll let you win a box. <laughs> we'll let you win a box. I think you got to work on your words, word choice right there, bud. No. <laughs> we'll let you win. A, we'll give. Th- 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 there's a win a box. Yeah, we'll let you win a box. Oh my god, you heard it here first. Well, folks. we can't win it. So exactly, we, we can't. Win it. So they got to do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Being a patron, there are two tiers. We have a $3 tier where you could put in for a monthly drawing for a booster pack of whatever choice. Right now, we're above 10 patrons, so we're giving away two booster packs a month. Then we have a $10 tier that gets you put into a drawing for a card valued at $15 to $20. Uh, Kind of a bling option for your EDH deck. Uh, The packs are going to be Adventures in the Forgotten Realm set boosters. We haven't decided on a card yet, have we? Or did we talk about it? And I just forgot. No, I don't think I have no we idea. Have we'll yet. talk about that tonight. But sure. After our patrons, let's thank our amazing sponsor, J Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming. Thank you, J Dubs, for deciding to sponsor us. If you need any of your magic itches scratched, go check out J Dubs. 
They have your packs, your dice, your singles of magic, and then they also have Pokemon there. They got sports cards, and now that D&D is starting to become a thing, they have the D&D books there as well. Go check out J-Dub's Sports Cards and Gaming. What do you mean by starting to become a thing? It's been a thing for longer than how magic. Long? Longer than we've been alive. People are paying attention to D. Okay, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. D- younger, have- pe- younger people are getting into it. It's true. It's very true. Man, I don't know if this makes me like like I'm starting to see more like D and D TikTok now than ever. It's because you and your damn TikTok. Stop be- it. It's becoming mainstream. That's why TikTok's sucks. getting its second wave right now. But well, anyways, you have more YouTube people playing it on. Streaming their what sessions. do we do? We only have seventeen concussions then for D and D. Seventeen concussions for D and D. Yeah, it's not a twenty-one yet. It still can go. But sorry, it's back to the ad read. Let's give you that breakdown of how this episode is going to go for y'all. That was okay. a short ad read. Just cut them right off the knees. Uh, the breakdown will go like this. We'll start off at the Boggle Desk with the Salt Report. And talk about some SEG and modern qualifiers. And then from there, Danny got a blogatog for us. Then we're going to cover the news quickies. And we have some arena news, some in-store play returning, and the CFB marketplace. And then the big news topics are going to revolve around Jumpstart Historic Horizons and the Hasbro Q2 earnings. From there, we'll jump to the finance section where we talk about magic card prices because we're greedy, greedy magic players. And then this week, we're going to have the deck of the week be Danny's deck. And after that, we'll send you all home. You can go home from then because we'd, we'd be done. They're most likely home. Or they're driving. Yeah, they're I'll stand by they're, that. They're, they're already at home. Or they could be working. Dan is probably already at home. Yeah. So let's pass it off to the Boggle Desk, JB. You want to start us off with the salt report? Uh, we're not talking about it. It's, what the fuck? It's the JB salt report. Well, I didn't play league, so I don't know. It's not really that interesting. Complain about that sixty or ninety percent deck that. Yeah, other than all that stupid bullshit on arena. Yeah, I made it to platinum though. Did you? Yeah, I made it all the way from Holy fuck. Uh, Silver 4 to Platinum 4 just playing that, that crazy Boros deck that I made Jesus. in Standard 2022. Did you nice. change to having the four chargers then? Yeah. Or did you Am just I keep up to four? It? No, yeah, I am up to four now. Okay. Uh, I took out Cole the Fire, or the Forge Master, because it was, like, it was never really relevant, the bringing back creatures that were equipped when they die, and I wasn't making tokens that were equipped, so I was like... Yeah, let's take that out. And I took out the tap lands that search for artifacts because it's like I got enough tutor already. So that's when I bumped up to the four Fireblade Chargers, put in another Akiri, and what else did I go up on? I went up on something else. And that shit took you to plat? Yeah. Fucking rights. So, uh, I, but I've been stuck in platinum tier four. Like, I've been bouncing back and forth. S- send me the link. We'll post in the notes for anybody who wants to play standard 2022. With this Boros Artifacts deck. Yeah, it's legit. There was a one match where turn three, I was swinging for 12 damage. That's pretty good. How is that? So, like, jumping up on the uh, on the Chargers, like, in an artif- an equipment-based deck, that looked like that needs to be a four of. And was it just, like, you uh, were just let trying? Let me tell you, it's nice that people misread that card all the time. <laughs> and they go to block it or kill it with removal. And then they just get bolted. Yep, and then they die. <laughs> yeah, that's what or I was saying. creatures die. Like, I had some dipshit he had. 
my Fireblade Charger wasn't even equipped as anything. It was just a 1-1, and he had a Luminarch Aspirant that was uh, had a counter on it, so it was a 2-2. Yep. And I just decided to swing in because I'm like, let's see if this guy's a douchebag, and he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I swing in, and he's thinking about it. You, you could see when they mouse over your card. Well, he did it like four or five times. And then he goes to block. You're a fucking dumbass. <laughs> like, so he blocked it. He killed it. And I did the one damage to the celebrant, or to the Aspirant. Killed it. So like, clearly, fuck you, buddy. You're dumb. Clearly, he's had 21 concussions. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. It was great. <laughs> I was like that. That was like the highlight of my day. It was great. We got Wade saying, "Proud dad and MTG players not reading the cards. No way." Right. I'm R- assuming R- that last R-T-F-C. part is sarcasm. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Especially the fact that we didn't realize that Casserole does not get haste for how many fucking months? <sighs> fucking Christ. <laughs> There's, oh, because we didn't read the fucking card. Yeah. When it comes to Cathriel, the, uh, that insect, uh, Abzan insect from the Ikoria Commander decks, it has a lot of keywords on it, and you just kind of like skim over it, and you just assume. Right, you just assume that it gets all the evergreen keywords. Yeah, it's like, it gets hexproof, indestructible, first strike, double strike, reach, flying. If it had haste, it'd be broken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, it would. Which, well, well, it had been because there were times where it was an 11-11 double striker and, I'm and we thought it had haste and I'd swing in and kill somebody right away. You know, like, hey, yeah, fuck so you, 22 command damage. Haste, haste would make it broken, yeah, yes, so... It I mean, you can give it haste with a. With you a, can, I mean, yeah, you can, you can give it haste and stuff like that. But it's but the fact that you have to have something to give it haste. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. I guess my salt report... I got a little bit of one. We played some EDH with. Oh uh, yeah! Oh yeah! I forgot about that. Yeah, I was play- trying to block that out of my mind. <laughs> the, the saltiness of that? Yes, I was salted out more than you. Jesus. Well, okay, you, you okay? Let's, you let's start. Played- let's, let's, let's let's lay this out first. So we were playing. Matt and JB <laughs> were playing EDH with Jason Ashcraft from the Planeswalkers over the weekend. Yes, and they both got ass raped. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we did. First round by Jason's. Worm tribal deck. Hey, second round, I made him fight for it. He did. And honestly, it looked like JB was going to win. So my salt I report almost is, did. My salt report on that is the second game. I got taken out like super early. <laughs> because you play stupid bullshit decks and then you drop an Ulamog. Of course, we're going to fucking kill you. JB and Jason both got on me for that. Anyways, after that, it was great because it looked like it looked like JB was going to win. But then Jason started like uh, he was playing Azuri and JB was playing Lisa. Not Lisa. Yeah, Lisa. It is Lisa. Uh, was playing Lisa, the Abzan Angel. No, just Orzov Angel. Was playing the Orzov Angel, and like you had a lot, you had a big board with a bunch of angels, mm-hmm. and then not not a, yeah. Uh, but he copied Ghostly Prison, so I was having to pay four for each one. And of course, Black White doesn't have ramp, so yeah. And I said Azuri. It's not Azuri. It's Zer. Uh, Jason was playing Zer. And so he got like Ghostly Prism out to start holding back JB from his angel attacks. And then all of a sudden, like Jason was down to like seven life, three life, and he was like getting cryptid, mana cryptid damage to himself. Right. And then had a Frexian on life and then just kept rolling. Oh, no, you're missing out on He dropped a Solemnity. Oh, yeah. And that's then, right. the and then he dropped a Decree of Silence. Well, so then I was held off for like four or five turns. I, I had a Kaya the Inexorable out, and I was able to protect it and tick it up, so I was able to exile the Decree of Silence so I could actually play spells. Yep. And then I almost got him down again, and then that's when he played the Phyrexian Unlife, and I tried blowing that up, but then he got a Sun Titan out I couldn't deal with, so he was able to bring back Phyrexian Unlife like three times. 
And then I finally killed the Sun Titan, and I didn't have another answer for it, so he was staying alive with that combo. And then I finally used a double-sided tutor, because I was like, you know what, I gotta do something about this or I'm gonna die. So I was like, fuck it. So I used Scheming Symmetry, and I got my bomb that I needed. But I'm like, all right, let's see what he got. Sure as shit, he goes for fucking, he he grabbed Fierce Guardianship, so he, he countered my Merciless Eviction. Yep, and won that game as well. Yep, and it was the next turn was just like a, I died. It was beautiful. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't. It was, it was like an hour plus of just after, straight grind. Yeah, and this was after I got knocked out. Oh no, yeah, and this was after he psych rifted the whole board too. So like he reset me, and I came back and like was still trying to fight. Think if I was in that game, it would have ended a lot sooner. Yeah, because he had an Ulmog swinging his big dick around all helicoptery. Exactly. See, game would have been over really quick. Danny, you got assault report? No, nope. I didn't play match this week. Yeah, you did. You told us. Well, I did, but don't you lie, sir? I don't remember it. Don't you lie? <laughs> Bullshit! You were describing it all. Well, this is one game. It was misplayed rift. That was it. That's still something. That yeah, is. That's really. pretty salty. Thing. Yeah, that is pretty salty. Yeah. You fetched the wrong land, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd make anybody salty in their right yeah. mind. It's whatever. I'd be pissed. Because especially after you said if you would have got that that stomping grounds instead of the temple garden, uh, yeah, you could have. It's whatever. No more details. No, no more details. Well, I guess that this will help keep I'm it short. Make, so I'm that way keep we my can, life private. <laughs> we'll jump into the 5K? other. Uh, yeah, since we talked about Tony Hawk for fifteen minutes. Hey, you know who else is old? You, Tourette's guy. So is diabetes. <laughs> My name is Wilford Brimley, and I have diabetes. It's the Bogdesk, sir. You're supposed oh. to be talking about this. This is on you. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm just trying to make it there? easier for you to edit. For what? I don't know. Time. Yeah, time. Since Water we don't do the collapse anymore. As <laughs> 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 the lights shut off. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys, I put in clap lights. <laughs> That'd be weird. That would be. Well, this guy likes to live in the '90s, you know, worshiping Tony Hawk and Tony Hawk. So <laughs> I might get a clapper now just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Hawk is a skateboarding god, same as uh, Bob Ber- uh, Bob um, Berkquist. Sure, I don't even know who that is. Isn't he? He's I the thought... same age as Tony Hawk, and he does the mega ramps. Uh, oh, again, I thought he was tool. the uh, the BMX guy. No, he's not, he's a skateboarder. Who's the old BMX guy then? Mark uh, Hoffman. There, that guy. Hoffman is the old biker, okay. but he's retired. See? Because he's smart. He knew he was getting too old. He must have got I don't want to break a hip. <laughs> give us this. Give us this 5K. <laughs> okay, God damn it. So we had a 5K SCG Tour Online Championship Qualifier that happened. Uh, first place, we had a Naya mid-range deck. First off, it's all standard. So. If I'm not mistaken, this is the... Uh, a shitty format. No, the 2022. Oh, yeah, it's a shitty format. 2022? So this is a guy who went to no, platinum. No, standard. Internet. Standard is a, a, oh, a shitty yeah. format. Yeah, this is standard 2022, which uh, takes out... Yeah. It doesn't say that. It just oh, says no, standard. It is. Yeah, it is standard, because there's a bone crusher there. Might be yeah. Durr. Yep. And a Winota. Yep. Yep. No. Yep. Yep. No. Yep. Yep. No. Let's go, Make up your guys. Mind. It is standard. Make up your mind. <laughs> This is in second place. We had a Gruel Dumb Stuff deck. Edgewall Innkeeper, Magda, Goldfan Dragon. All the Adventures, and then just going in for Ember Cleaves. Eska's Chariot. Ember Cleaves. Oh, shit. Damn it. 
Get good song. Click I clicked back after I learned to click expand. Yep, uh, yep. Good, good yeah, song. Yeah, I'm dumb. Happens to the best of us. All right, so third place we had Just Guy Tempo with Lord Dracus. Hey, somebody at least is using Lord Dracus. More importantly, it has Vadrock Apex of Thunder, which allows you to cast spells of CMC3 or less instance or sorceries of CMC, non-creatures CMC3 or less from your graveyard without paying their mana cost. So this is the... Yeah, it just has a bunch of control pieces and stuff in here. Yep, dumb stuff. Looks pretty fun. Fourth place, looks like we have another cookie-cutter gruel deck, same as the other one. Yep, Rimrock, Bone Crusher, Lovestruck, Edgewall. <laughs> Lovestruck rim job. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that's how, uh, we're just going to pretend that didn't happen. That's how so, they get you. <laughs> right? At night. Ooh, one, you see what I did there? One rim job and you're love struck. Ooh. It shocks the human out of all of us. Oh, Enough see. with these puns. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so fifth place, we had a teamer deck that's basically just the gruel deck splashing blue for Brazen Borrower and Coma. Coma Beasts. Did the other ones have Luca Capacode Outcast? I don't think they did. Because Luca gets, yeah, no, they don't have Luca. Sure. Luca helps get uh, Coma. Sure. Sixth place, we had another Naya mid range. Seventh place was another Just Guy Tempo deck. And then eighth place, we had Salt Eye Control. Because go figure. Is it the Ultimatum deck? It is the Ultimatum deck. Is it? Yep. Is it? Is it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Emergent Ultimatum. Good stuff. We haven't talked to Standard much. No, because Standard played, sucks. We haven't played Standard much, so like our, or at least my 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 thoughts on Standard, not going to be much to everybody. Yeah, here. Standard sucks. I haven't played since Born of Gods. I feel sorry for you. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so much money I saved. No, like I'm You're saying like you played Born of Gods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. All right, so next up, we had a modern super qualifier. First place, we had Hammer Time. This is the second time in a row that we've done results and Hammer Time has taken first again. Yeah, I think last time, uh, last week, not the, it wasn't Super Qualifiers last week. It no, was it wasn't Super the, Qualifiers, but it was another big thing. Yeah, or week. was it a challenge? Was it a challenge? No, it was a prelim. It's a prelim. It was, it was another, a prelim one, last week. One of the week. big things. Yeah, prelim last week, Hammer Time took the win. This super, super challenge. Uh, Stop! Hammer Time. Super Shut Qualifier. <laughs> No, Hammer Time is like legit right now. Like I don't know why, but it's just it got good with the last set. Yeah, and all only thing that's been added in it that's really making this thing tick is Urza Saga. Uh, a lot, some of them are splashing for that Esper Sentinel too. Yeah, this one has a four of Esper Sentinel. Esper Sentinel, like drawing an additional card if it has, oh, if you put a if you put a hammer on it, your opponent can't. They're they're not going to be able to pay eleven mana, so you're just going to be getting a card whenever they cast a non their first non creature right? spell. And so that's really good to help this like very aggro aggressive deck that's looking to put their whole hand on the board, you know, keep that gas going. So that's super important. So yeah, I'll give you that. I was actually thinking of putting that in my my deck. It wouldn't oh, be the bad. Sentinel? It wouldn't be yeah. bad because you get to put plus one plus one counters on shit. I was I was mainly looking at it's another one drop. Yeah. And it gets you more cards in hand. Like yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be covering this when we talk about your deck, but your yep. deck is like pretty low on like draw effects. You have very minimal amounts of draw right um yeah i'll talk about it later perfect exactly because yeah. second place we had is it tempo Merktide? probably uh yep Merktide, snapcaster regvan drc i don't know this one's just pretty cookie cutter holy cow how much are those uh 
Riven Vans. Ragavans? What, what did you spike up again now? Oh, yeah. Playsets 320. 320 bucks for a playset of Ragavans. So 80 bucks a piece. Yup. For a one drop monkey. Yup. It's 120 bucks. It does things. Ticks. It does lots of things. Yeah. He's, so It's a powerful card. Like, there's a lot to say about Ragavan, but also on that of Ragavan, it's like it can get. It can get uh, lava darted, and there's not a lot of decks like this. Is a tempo deck actually doesn't run a lava dart, right? Yeah, no, they got unholy heats and lightning bolts and stuff, but I don't know. I mean, those all hit a monkey as well. Correct. So third place we have a light teamer. All these decks are well over a thousand dollars. Yeah, welcome to modern. Yeah, yeah. This is the uh, Velamalchus taking turns. Yep, with an emerald. Also four Ren sixes. Yep. Four yep. Teferis, two Nahiri. The two Fuck Nahiri. The two Nahiri in here is, also, is another way to help get Emrakul the Aeons torn out. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I'm in on this. It has four copies of hard uh, of hard evidence. I was just about to bring that up to you, dude, because you were talking about that the other night. It's a good card. It's a one drop O three, and it, it does what Thraben Inspector does. Is it though? For blue, is it? Yeah. Is it really? You sure? I mean, it's just as good as what a Thraben Inspector can be, but it also adds to Delirium a lot quicker because it puts something into the graveyard. But, we'll, but yeah, four hard evidence in this deck. It's blue, fuck it. It's a... Uh, right? <laughs> Burn it, kill it with fire. Another tar- target for Indomitable Creativity, so that way you can get your Velomachus or your Emrakul out. Right. So then fourth place, it looks like actually fourth, fifth, and sixth place. I'm not sure if they're all the same list, but I... Bet you they are. Uh, Zagrixis deck. Zagrixis uh, Lurus. Yep. The fourth one. I'm looking at the fourth place one right now. It has DRC, Regavan, Snapcasters, Inquisitions, yep. and Expressive Federations, Drown of the Lock, Mishra's Bobble, two Seal of Removals. Yep. Um, Not too much in the side. One Search for Ascanta in the side. One Jace's Vryn Prodigy in the side. Yep. There's no Counterspells main board, but a single Counterspell in the sideboard. Yep. Interesting. Yep, so they're all cookie cutter then. Did you look at the other two then? The other two are a little more pricey, so I wonder if it's in the probably land just base. lands. Yeah, it's probably the lands. Yeah, well, this one has uh, Thoughtseize, two Thoughtseize in because Black Cleave Cliffs are freaking Sing- ridiculous again. Single Terminate Grixis players or any black red deck are playing Terminate just as an answer to Merktide Regent because Merktide Regent is a very strong card, folks. It's a very strong card. Hmm. Okay, so seventh place is another light teamer deck with Emrakul, but this one's got two Emrakuls and it doesn't have Velamachus. It's not taking turns. Yeah, this is essentially what the Through the Breach deck is, just without Through the Breach. Correct. Got Transmogrify instead, along with four Indomitable Creativity. So you got Hard Evidence is making tokens. You have the, uh, whatever, the dwarf, Dwarven Mine also making tokens. But Transmogrify, you exile a creature... This creature controller reveals cards from the top of their library till they reveal a creature card, and they put that onto the battlefield and shuffle. So four mana, you get an Emrakul out. Gross. Yep, and then eighth place is just boring old Heliod Company. I don't know if it's boring. It says something about Heliod coming into the top eight here. Like, this doesn't have much new tech from Modern Horizons 2 or... Strixhaven. That's why it's boring old Heliod Company. They got two uh, Sanctifier Envex is the only thing I see here. But just because of that, like it, I don't know if this says a lot to what Heliod does because Heliod's a powerful deck. 
it was a powerful deck before. People are like, oh, this is it was like you know the the the, the tier one before Modern Horizons two really came out. And right. since Modern Horizons two, like, is this one of those things where you start seeing Heliod Company is the format settling because you know old powerful decks are coming back? Are we going to see more Death Shadow? because of something like this like is modern horizons laying down like it's not laying down like smoothing out and stuff do you think maybe i don't know i mean i hear from a lot of places that modern's in a good place right now so well, oh dude. it seems like the meta is going one way so the old old decks that people aren't focusing on are getting better again it's very true it's so very true. as we saw everyone's playing the same cards in the top seven so okay well that eighth deck that's not within the so-called meta is going to get in because of it. He, uh, the Heliod combo definitely would get get around any hammer deck outside of Infect because they do have Infect. Right. So that's probably what makes Hammer very good against Heliod because of Ink Moth Nexus in the main to put a hammer on and then just like, uh, gain all the life you want. Ten Infect. Whack. Yep. Right. But for things like Regavan and DRCs and Merktide regions, like they're just like there to be beating wholesale ass and just it's a three three, a two one, and yep. whatever you get for a Merktide. Merktide just like pretty standardly becomes like you're gonna want it to be a seven seven most of the time, so oh, that yeah. way it gets out of the range of unholy heat because all the direct decks are running unholy heat. So like you're you're a seven seven. And with Heliod just gaining so much life, you're just out of that range. Yep. Yep. All right, so that'll do it for our past events. Our upcoming events, we've got some SCG Tour satellites going on. Yay. So they'll be happening this weekend, the 31st and August 1st. Structure, there are six rounds of Swiss. Uh, you're eliminated after three losses. It's $8 entry. Formats, they're all online, so it's either going to be all standard or all historic. They'll be confirmed and announced on the Monday prior to each event. Uh, prizes for 6-0, you get 30 SCG Tour points plus an invitation to compete in the Arena Qualifier Weekend. 5-1 is 15 points and an invitation. 4-2 is 10 points. 3-3 is 4 points. 2-3 is 2 points. 1-3 is 1 point. And then, if you get 50 points, you qualify for Sunday's 5K Championship Qualifier with 3 buys in the event and qualification for the Star City Games invite in Roanoke, Virginia in October. This whole thing looks like standard this weekend. Yep, most likely. 30 points gets you qualified for Sunday with two buys. 15 points gets you qualified for one buy. 10 points just gets you qualified for the 5K. Ooh. Uh, a couple things here as well. We got Wade in the chat. If you want to send me that link to that uh, win a dual tourney in St. Cloud, we will talk about that here real quick. And then Ooh. when you send me that, I will talk about I'm excited for this. I'm not, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you guys feel, but the dive down is probably like my favorite podcast to listen to. Yeah. The dive down is pretty good. Those guys right, right next to brainstorm. Brainstorm is good. My, my, my ranking is I've actually liked uh Dominaria's judgment a lot. Never listened to them. Never heard of them. They're, they're a new one from the SCG network. It has Ari Lax and Dom, Tom Harvey. Oh, the guy we were just talking about. This I think says, so, yeah. Pioneer is amazing. When it's not, it's dead. Yeah. Give it up. So they're talking about modern all the time and stuff, and they're very, I don't know, I, I, I like listening to a lot of modern. So those are like my two podcasts of choice. But anyways, the Dive Down. They have, if you are a member of the Dive Down Nation, they have their FNM event going on this Friday. I see that up on um, MTG Melee. And we got 
right. We got the tournament. Tournament for a tundra. Do you want to read this or do you want me to read it, Jamie? You read it. You got it up. All right. So for those in the FM area or Minnesota and North Dakota area, there's a modern tournament for a tundra at Sneak Attack Games in Waite Park. There are... The description is, we're bringing our monthly dual land tournaments back. We're starting them off with a modern event for a tundra. Entry will be 30 bucks, and deck lists will be required. Round one begins at noon. This event will be a competitive REL, which means rules will be enforced. If you want to have your deck list ready to go before the event, we recommend going to decklist.org and printing out a deck list. Minimum prize support. First place, tundra. Second Second place gets a booster box of Adventures of the Forgotten Realms. Third through fourth gets half a box of Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. And fifth through eighth get a quarter of a box through the Forgotten Realms. Price support is based on 20 players and will increase with more players. Nice. That's dope. And did I say the date on this? Um, 30th. 30th. Yep. Uh, or no, August 14th. Saturday, August mm. 14th, noon to 7. Tundra. For a Tundra. It doesn't say which Tundra it is. If it's uh, Alpha, Beta, or Unlimited. Probably, Probably Unlimited. Most the cheapest of the three. Yeah, right. You're not wrong with that. doesn't say. <clears throat> so be expecting that. A ton- yeah, Unlimited Tundra is still worth more than a box and a half, if not two boxes. Yep. Yep. But my Mox Diamond's worth more. <laughs> oh, we got Wade saying probably revised. <clears throat> nice. Either are. You get a t- you, Either you way, it's a tundra. OG Tundra. Yep. So what's next on the docket? Looks like we're passing it over to you there, Danny. Finally. With the blogatogs. Yeah, it's just a short, simple one. It's more of a reminder. Um, so this week, I quickly chose one. This one's from Invisible Jack Wagon. Yes. So why is it that there are two sets for Innistrad simultaneously rather than one set focused on vampires and werewolves? Sort of feels like you guys are doing a Pokemon kind of thing with this. Mark replies back, as a reminder, um, I'm sure most of you remember that the two Innistrad sets are not simultaneously. They're not running at the same time. It's going to be two different sets. Just happen to be both in Innistrad. And two different stories, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Like Midnight Hunt and the wedding. It's not wedding. I don't know. Either way, yeah. They're not going to be the same-ish story. I, I, um, I'm sure there's some sort of crossover, but not like they're not going to be tangled together. Right, like the whole... Eldritch Moon and yep. Shadows of Rin and Shadow all about Eldrazi coming to to, mm-hmm. to them. Crimson Vow. Thank you, JP. Er, Thank you, Wade. Passing credit where credit is not due. Yeah, because I had no fucking idea. <laughs> but there's the blogatog then. And that means we will put in a quick music break right here.
Okay, so we're going to start off the quickies with easy stuff. Adventures in the Forgotten Realms is officially available for purchase. Go get it if you have not. Check out J-Dubs. They have Adventures in the Forgotten Realms for you there. No way. They do. No way. Mm-hmm. Nuh-uh. They have the newest magic set? They Shut do. up. Nuh-uh. It's impressive. I'm going to kick you in the shin. They're very That's good so at this. so cool. I'm going to kick you in the shin real hard. Next, Watsi revealed that they are having two 2021 Arena Starter decks set for release August 6th. This is an entry-level product with two decks made for beginners into Magic. The two face cards for the first deck, first decks are Cyclonic, Cyclone Summoner and Dragon Guard Elite. And the second set are Oran Reef Ooze and Mind Flailer. <sighs> Why do they got to do Mind Flayer? That card's stupid. It's a good card. No, it's not. Both of these will come with arena codes, so that way you can get those decks on arena. Uh, had to reread, uh, reread, read this again just to get the wording correct. I'm trying to, your wording is so weird, man. Is it? I'm yes. trying. I'm trying to do better at it typing. And... Uh, next wiki. Uh, good news for our neighbors to the north. Uh, in-store play returns to Canada August sixth. Safety is always per- uh, priority. Is always a priority. Uh, so if the government guidance allows Canadian LGSs to start running events, then, starting then, using the Love Your LGS promo, which gives customers a full retro fabled passage, if they spend $50 or more along with with the other five when those get released. Mystery Booster conven- um, Convention is releasing August 20th for drafting. And finally, in the quickies, as kind of alluded to earlier, SCG Tour Online is off hiatus. You can jump in the standard satellites again to try and qualify for the Arena Championship Qualifier. Full details in the description for that. But the other news to add on to that is SCG also announced the return of SCG Con. October 29th through the 31st is the date for you to mark in your calendars and keep your ears to the ground for more details. At the moment, nothing else has been announced on SCG Con. So there's one more thing to add. I... Notice I, I worded that wrongly there because I forgot about to put this part in is that Channel Fireball Group announced the Channel Fireball Channel Fireball Marketplace launch. Uh, this is from ChannelFireball.com by Ben Sasso. The CFB Marketplace is a platform exclusively for registered businesses to offer their products to consumers across the United States, and we're already planning to expand into other territories. Selling on the current collectible platforms put local game stores online retailers and individuals in the same pool consumers can't be sure what quality of service they will get meanwhile professional retailers who offer consistent grading fast shipping quality packaging excellent customer service and other great benefits find it hard to stand out from the crowd cfb group wants to change all of that with a platform that caters towards retailers and improves the buying experience for everyone for retailers this means no competing with individuals flat fees and total transparency above percentages paid per order channelfireball.com has a loyal fan base of millions of engaged customers who will go from buying cards from channel fireball to buying cards from retailers on the channel fireball marketplace retailers interested in channel fireball marketplace are invited to find out more here there's a link this is an exciting opportunity for trading card retailers collectors and players alike and the cfb group is thrilled for the launch of this revolutionary platform on september 30th so what does this mean for you 
As a customer, not a lot will change. Channel Fireball will still be the best place to shop for all your card game needs. You'll just be also supporting stores that keep the community together while doing it. Your favorite content isn't going anywhere, and it still lives on the strategy.channelfireball.com, and your Channel Fireball store credit will be accepted by any store on the marketplace. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, one thing to note here is that you have to be a registered business and stuff. So, like, get get a business license in whatever state to, to sell. Um, people online were talking about this kind of like takes away the quote unquote backpack trader that goes onto TCG player as a way to sell. It's, it's a way to make sure that you're not going to get scammed as a, as a buyer. Oh, Hey, I got a lightly played card. Oh, and you get it. It's either heavily played or it's not the card that you ordered. So in a way it's helping those who are buying, not those who are selling. Very true. I'm excited for it. Which is good. More competition. Because I think, I definitely think having the CFB marketplace along with TCG player, it's not like there's going to be inflated prices, super inflated prices on no. one side or the other. Like, I think they're all going to keep each other in check because, you know, it's like, ah, why go to CFB to buy cards if TCG player still sells cheaper? And I think that's like, that's a big thing. Like, I know I still go to TCG player for some cards. I still go to Channel Fireball store for some cards. I don't know what the marketplace is going to look like, but if the marketplace is going to look, I guess, maybe competitive like what TCG Player does, like maybe I'll start looking to CFB more, but I don't know. It seems like a pretty fair balance, more of a way, and it's going to be exciting to see like what they're going to do to increase the customer experience. Right. But yeah, that is the last quickie there. And for the first big topic, we have the... Quarter two earnings from Hasbro today. Uh, how, uh, the highlights are important to us. Wow. The highlights that are important to us Magic players is Wizards of the Coast revenue more than doubled compared to this time last year at an impressive $406 million. That's a lot of dough. That's uh, a lot of fucking dough. Which is up 118% from the $187 million from last year. According to Brian Goldner, CEO of Hasbro, this growth was primarily driven from Strixhaven and Modern Horizons, which were both record uh, releases. Also, Goldner stated that Magic is at an all-time high with acknowledging the product uh, production delays contributing to high demand for materials. Another topic touched on in the earnings call was Arena's metrics are very competitive with other mobile games, stating that the Arena is up quite considerably. These numbers are backed up by the the launch of the mobile versions earlier this year, which I haven't touched since it released. I haven't touched since it fucked up my phone that one time that we talked about it on the episode back in like May or whatever. I, like I said, it's going to fuck up a lot of phones. It's going to get the phones way too hot. The battery's going to go shit. It's going to melt itself from the inside. Yeah, yeah. Mine, mine would always be like freezing and my phone wouldn't turn on. I'd have to do like a hard reset yep. each time yep. it just after fu- I'd it play just the fucks game. Up it was the processor. so stupid. I was so pissed. Yep. I was scared because I'm like, oh shit, my phone's fucking going out. And then like ever since I haven't downloaded, because uh, I downloaded Arena twice after that happened. Yep. And since the second time deleting it, I have not had any issues with my phone. Yep. And I got an iPhone uh, X. Is this too much for a processor? speed but it fucking sucked but, but you yo, also have an iphone 
I do remember one other thing. I don't. I didn't write it down when I was typing this up, but it was noted that even though Arena is doing extremely well, it is noted that it was noted in the article that tabletop drives a lot of revenue as well. Well, yeah, yeah. It was the only reason why I bring that up is because it was significantly pointed out. I will link the full uh, transcript in the description down below so you can go through that. But it's very interesting, and it kind of you know brings a little bit of reassurance knowing that you know to all all the people that are like Arena's gonna take over paper. It's not. No, because they'll never have modern legacy or vintage or commander. Correct. Yep. I mean, with historic now, maybe we're gonna get there, but we'll talk about that. No, exactly next because that's a good transition. It it can't go to. It won't touch legacy or vintage. No. It can't. No. Not not in the way that and it I is right now. We'll ever get modern either. No, but imagine with what we're getting in this Horizon it's, historic Horizon so, set. So we already we already we've, up these cards. So we've already seen the difficulties that arenas had with new cards that had come out, like Scoot Swarm. How long did that take Arena basically down? Right. The, the triggers, the multiple triggers like that, you can't do it for Legacy, Vintage, and Modern. And and this is this is on arena like even if we yeah. look at like Moto alone well, like they still even, have yeah, issues they, they playing still have with issues. like legacy and modern how some interactions and stuff like come up so I mean yeah mm-hmm. it's gonna be hard so but because of that it's gonna be interesting to see how these contract cards work out though they're stupid JB you got this one no I'll let you take it so big news follows the Q2 earnings on August 12th arena will be getting an exclusive set. Jumpstart Historic Horizons. This will be a digital-only product that will have reprints as well as new cards with new mechanics that will only be on Arena. IGN released an article earlier today uh, talking about the mechanics and along with nine exclusive preview cards showcasing some of the mechanics. And yeah, let's talk about some of those cards right now That was that was announced. So... Manor Guardian, one of the first cards they showed, is black 2 for a 4-3 creature demon. When Manor Guardian dies, each player seeks a non-land card with mana value 2 or less. Okay, so uh, when I bring up... Seek is the new mechanic here. And what Seek is, is it's the first of these mechanics... The first of the mechanics is called Seek, which is a digital twist on a tutor effect. Certain cards like Manor Guardian will allow you to seek a card with a specific criteria, randomly pulling one from your library that meets the criteria without shuffling afterwards, something that couldn't happen at the tabletop without a player manually looking through their deck. So essentially what would happen is like you're seeking a non-land card with uh, mana value 2 or less. It'll just show up all the cards in your deck that are mana value 2 or less, and you can select one of them, and then you don't shuffle to have to shuffle the interesting thing about this is like effects that scry cards at the top of your library like this doesn't screw up your scries or like if you put cards to the bottom of your library through a scry as well it doesn't throw that off as well so it's like i got a big spell that i don't want for another couple turns it just stays on bottom yeah i don't see how this one works okay so okay so you got i i understand it but in theory i don't see how it works right like how can how can you break the rules of magic by looking, by grabbing a card at random from oh, it's not from random. But by what I mean, it's like you have a criteria you can select from. Okay, only up to two mana, whatever it is. Yeah, two or less. Okay, how can you grab all those cards out of your deck 
because you're not looking through your head deck. Remember, this is digital only. So you know it's, how when you like pull up to like yeah, search your no, library yeah, and stuff, I, I get it just, that. It, it, it'll it be just, able to specifically find all of those so it doesn't have to rearrange the order of your deck. It is really weird. I'm not going to lie. It's just, it brings a whole new angle. Like I said, with like scrying cards and stuff, how that's going to work as well. It's, it's interesting. Like, it's like Yu-Gi-Oh. Wizards is really trying new stuff here. This is this is where they're you know pushing the envelope and shit. All right, it looks like I'm never touching arena again. All right, fucking Ooh, digital uh, only bullshit. So, oh, oh, I guess we'll cover this real quick right now. So, jumpstart. This is like the typical jumpstart where you get booster packs and you mash the two decks together yep. and then you shuffle. And then there's like they're all themed and stuff. Uh, more of that information will be coming at. In, in a little bit here, but let's talk more about these cards because after the seek mechanic, there is a new card with a new mechanic called Perpetually. So the card that they're showing is Davriel's Withering. For a black instant, target creature perpetually gets neg one, neg two. So it gets it every single time. Even more than that. So, the so next... it adds it adds up, would be my guess. Yes. It modifies a specific card permanently yep. even as it enters other zones of play so the card Dabriel's uh withering which perpetually gives a creature neg one neg two if that card reduces a creature toughness to zero or less and it ascends it to the graveyard for example the debuff will remain in effect even if the player is able to bring it back to the battlefield causing it to immediately die again so if you perpetually give a, a x2 this Dabriel's neg one neg two it'll die and they have a way to return all creatures from their graveyard and they return the one that just died. It'll die again because it's just like it's just stamped with that. If it gets bounced to their hand, it'll have perpetually whatever it is. And it goes more than just you know perpetually neg one neg two. That's this is gross. And this is a this it's, is another thing it's an that makes it exile without being exiled. Oh my god! It breaks exile. It, it straight up modifies the card because it's not just stuff like this. We'll talk oh, about yeah. another one. There's one that reduces the mana cost of cards. Perpetually reduces this the cost of a spell by one, as well. <sighs> JB, JB, you're hanging your head low on this one. This 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 sets is breaking magic. This thing is gonna be fucking bonkers. This is breaking magic. Okay, so here's another one with perpetually, uh, lumbering light shield, white one for a one four illusion. When lumbering light shield enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals a non land card at random from their hand. It perpetually gains this spell cost one more to cast. The the the. The world is their oyster with these kind of mechanics. Let's see. We got Immune in the chat saying, but will it have Jumpstart Planes number 45? Uh, if that is the Dago one, uh, no. We'll cover the planes and stuff that are coming, how the packs and stuff are like made, because they did mention that in their article. Uh, and then you also say, as someone who played a digital-only card game that is like Magic, these are fine. I'm excited to see what you uh, you say, you see with the rest of the cards becoming released, Immune, if I mean, if you play digital online or digital card games, we've never played a di- another digital card game outside of Arena, I'd say. Like, I've played Hearthstone. Oh, you did play Hearthstone? Right, I did for like a very, very limited time. I think like, I played it for maybe an, a year. It just wasn't my... Oh, God, it wasn't even that long. It was like, like maybe it was, a month. It was off and on for like a year. Yeah, I did it for like a month, and I'm like, no, this isn't my jam. Like, I can't do this. So another card that is brought up is ah yeah let's talk about dabriel soul broker new planeswalker that it is an arena only card 
it is black black two for a four four loyalty legendary planeswalker davriel has a plus one of until your next turn whenever an opponent attacks you and or a planeswalker you control they discard a card if they can't they sacrifice an attacking creature seems pretty powerful right it's a pretty good plus one ability on that thing okay that's legit yep neg two activate one of davriel's offers then accept one of davriel's conditions what we'll cover that here in a second and then its final ability neg three destroy target or target creature perpetually gets neg three neg three so this is one of those things like you good god okay the the perpetual neg three neg three is a big fucking deal yeah yeah it is any x3 that's a big deal and it sticks with it wherever it is in hand in exile oh in graveyard god. in library it's just oh stamped with perpetual right. so is it just so the question is, is it just the card it's targeting or is it all cards with that name just the card it's targeting okay well so, that's not that bad right but it's still super powerful oh yeah if you, if you're running like one of or two of cards that sucks but Okay, so here's a list of all of Davriel's offers and conditions for its neg two. So you accept Davriel's offer, then accept one of his conditions. So there are eight offers and eight conditions. So I'll start with the offers. So Davriel, the offer is draw three cards is one. The next one is conjure a manor guardian card to your hand. Conjure we'll talk about here in a second too as well. Uh, but keep that in mind, conjure. It's a new, it's another... Uh, mechanic yeah mechanic that's coming in the historic horizons the next offer is return two random creature cards from your graveyard to the to your hand they perpetually get plus one plus one the next offer is return a random creature card with the highest mana value from among cards in your graveyard to the battlefield the next offer is you get an emblem with creatures you control get plus two plus oh the next one is you get an emblem with spells you cast cost Black less to cast. Oh, oh, yeah. Thoughtseizes oh. are free in historic with this. Oh, Inquisitions are free. Oh, are free. Oh my God. The next one is you get an emblem with Davriel Planeswalkers. You control have plus two draw a card. Oh shit, God. And then the final offer is you get an emblem with whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. So on its neg two, you get to choose one of these offers, and like they're all super powerful. But the conditions are the negative effects that come with powerful effects like these. All right, so print rack into mo- er, print rack into arena, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> so the Davriel Soul Brokers conditions are: the first one is you lose six life. So if you choose any one of these, like if you choose, um, you get an emblem when you draw a card, you gain two life. You can also choose the condition of you lose six life. So that's how that works, is you choose one, you have to choose another. And hopefully one will be like beneficial and stuff. So you lose six life. The next condition is exile two cards from your hand. If fewer than two cards were exiled this way, each opponent draws cards equal to the difference. The, other condi- the, the next condition is sacrifice two permanents. The next condition is each creature you don't control. Oh my God. Each creature you don't control perpetually gets plus one, plus one each creature you don't control so this is uh, thank goodness this only hits things that are on the battlefield but still just antheming your opponent's board it's pretty bonkers which i mean there's if you're against control i mean yeah there's no downside to that it's true what are you doing like there's giving, no downside making to that. their hedron crab a, a one four you can live with that 
Or control. I mean, control doesn't have creatures. Yeah, that too. If they just don't That's have a creature. Straight up, there's no downside. So yeah, it's just essentially you get a you get to choose one of the the plus sides and then choose that one if your opponent has no creatures. And it's just straight plus sides. Uh, the next condition is you get an emblem with creatures you control get neg one neg zero. The next condition is you get an emblem with spells you cast cost one black more to cast. The next condition is whenever an emblem with or you get an emblem with whenever you draw a card exile the top two cards of your library. <laughs> And then the final condition is you get an emblem with, at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life for each creature you control. So yeah, that's, uh, this is an, this is the only kind of mechanic that you can do in something like arena. Like Jesus balls. That is so much that you couldn't pack in a card and you'd have to have like a whole reminder (laughs) card. You'd have to have a dictionary. Yeah. Just next to your deck whenever you'd be playing this thing. But as soon as you like neg, you know, you, you click the neg two on this thing all these options will pop up. I'm assuming all these options and stuff will pop up on you. Yeah. Um, they talk about uh, in a digital-only environment, there isn't usually requirement of spelling out every single detail on the card itself, With Watts, uh, which Washi says will open up new design possibilities or even allowing it to modify Davriel's lists substantially post-release. Davriel also uses the perpetual and contra mechanics further solidifying him as a planeswalker not meant for paper. In fact, Historic Horizons will have a digital first planeswalker for every color, each with a theme pack of their own. Uh, the Jumpstart format will uh, has also been unbound from its paper roots, where the original would simply give you a random selection of theme packs to pick from. Watsi tells, uh, this isn't from the IGN article, Watsi tells me it can better uh, collate historic horizon packs to offer a greater variety of options and synergies each time or even keep track of which packs you've picked previously to provide fresh options on your next run packs have more variance with them too with certain cards having a set chance to be swapped for another of similar mana value and your mana base adjusted to the combined deck to combine deck you end up with Whew. yeah so that's the other card conjure Let's talk about some conjured cards here. You mean blue breaking the color pie? Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that one next. Uh, new cards that were announced as well today. We have Tome of the Infinite. Blue 2, Legendary Artifact. You play. You pay blue, tap, conjure a random card from Tome of the Infinite Spellbook into your hand. It perpetually gains. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast this spell. So Tome of the Infinite has a list of cards that you can cast, Swords to Plowshare, Light of Hope, Ponder, Force Spike, Dark Ritual, Duress, Lightning Bolt, Assault Strobe, Giant Growth, and a Fog. All those get mm-hmm. All those get conjured into uh, one of those get conjured into your hand. And the Wording on conjured. Let's see, do they get the specific wording on conjured in this article here? I don't know why they won. There we go. So uh, conjure, which creates a card for you to use out of nowhere. Not a token or a copy, but an actual card that can sit in your hand until you're ready to use it. This includes cards that aren't otherwise in a set or a format. With a few examples of this in the gallery above being Ponder, Stormfront Pegasus, and Tropical Island. None of these are collectible in Historic Horizons on their own. So to those that don't, uh, to help get a grip of this, Garth, One-Eyed from Modern Horizons, how it taps 
and you get to cast a spell of Black Lotus, Disenchant, uh, Shivan Dragon, Terror, oh, what's the green one? Uh, Revival, and whatever the other one is. But you just like get that card and stuff to to cast. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's like the same thing as that from my understanding of it. It's not a card that gets like, yeah, it's not a copy. It just, it just gets there and you're able to cast it. These lists that they're going to be able to do for conjuring and stuff is going to be fucking bonker balls because it's gonna. I I like I was telling I was talking to Amu in the chat. I'm just waiting for him to temporarily suspend any conjure abilities due to it breaking arena. Well, they're only gonna. I'm. A, they don't go into detail, but the conjured they haven't given a full list of like what cards can be conjured, and I guess. Maybe it would be just like a, a short list well, of like conjure maybe... and then uh, the planeswalker just breaking the arena. Yeah, there's no doubt that all these extra functions that these cards are going to do. I'm not a computer genius. I'm not a I'm not a server genius or anything. But like, I can't imagine that there's not going to be no strain for the amount of choices that they're giving you for this shit. Right. Right. Like you, you like, deal with computers you, more than us. All, not really. All not I gotta this. say is all this crap that they're adding and all these pop up menus and stuff for choosing shit. They better extend the fucking rope timer. <laughs> because good God, just Gracious. trying to cast multiple spells in a fucking turn, you pop that rope timer off and just trying to read through all your fucking uh, options of all this shit, dude. You're gonna like pass the turn before you click on anything because the fucking rope timer is gonna go off. Yeah, it's it's. It's all these multiple options are literally just going to wreck arena. Yeah, there's there's no doubt in my mind that there's going to be strains and stuff when this comes out August 12th. I mean, all I'm sitting here thinking is like, am I playing magic or am I taking the fucking SAT? <laughs> fucking took, multiple choice. You took the SAT? Yeah. I didn't. Or no, it was a- ACT. 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 One of the two. ACT I mean, is fucking. for tech schools. Yeah, SAT is for that one power. fucking thing. Yeah. SAT. I don't know. It was whatever test they fucking gave out in school. ACT. But yeah. Th- yeah, no, so it's like much. fucking, what the fuck? I don't know. I don't get it. I think I think they're trying to do too much now, and they're doing too much with these. They're like they're they're going out of the bounds of normal magic. They're doing too much with these outside zones. Yep. And cards that live outside of your of the game. Like, I mean, it was borderline fine with the okay, you can wish stuff out of your sideboard because that's it's it, that's a legal zone. You know, it's it, your sideboard. It's a thing. It's it's yep. it's a thing. It's been constructed. But forever. now all this craziness of all these other zones that they're adding and making and like doing all this outside of the game bullshit. What are they trying to do here? Like, it's not magic anymore. Does this would the the dungeon mechanic like fall into this for you as well, JB? As yes. like trying to do other things because remember, dungeons can pretty be in, su- pretty soon. Every deck gets a dungeon. Like even if you don't yeah. use so, it, but you just so pretty soon with- we're gonna need to double the size of our fucking play mats and take a single picnic table for one match because that's how big our fucking all our zones and boards and all this extra bullshit is going to be and then we can just like call ourselves Yu-Gi-Oh and at the beginning we'll be like it's time to do, 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 do. let me transform into my millennium person I got this fucking sweet disc it makes holograms I'm going to throw this on the ground oh I'm going to sharpen this card and I'm going to throw it at you and I'm going to cut your face what the fuck you had to trigger him didn't you I didn't see that coming I'm not going to lie <laughs> So so fuck. So with the duels before JB won his tyrants. So the duels it wasn't a break of the game. 
Because the duels is just another enchantment. Yeah, it's there. It's just a sideboard card. That's what it is. It's in your sideboard. Everyone has it. Yeah, great. But it's an enchantment that you bring to the game due to one ability. Only one. Adventure. That's all. But everything else, like, hey, with Garth. Black Lotus isn't played since, what, 94? 95? Black Lotus is from the first set. Yeah, well, first three or first two. It was alpha. alpha and beta, wasn't there? Unlimited. Yes, so first three. And so that revised, if I'm not mistaken. Four of them. So yeah, ninety four, ninety five. It's been on the reserve list, non legal ever since then, basically. I think the reserve list came around in two thousand one, or is it two thousand? Early two thousand. Well, black list black list has been banned and everything for forever, basically. Yeah, it's, it's a so card. Why why would right you bring back a card that's banned and everything on the reserve list? and put it on a card that literally will break the game. Well, remember, they did put Black Lotus in Arena for the Theros Beyond Death event. Yeah, it was one of those events, yeah. They, yeah, they allowed you to play. Was it just... I can only recall Black Lotus as the only card that they put on there. It's like, you can play with a Black Lotus in this right. only... Yeah, you, you got so two stupid. pre-constructed decks. Yeah, stupid. And that's what the only t- chance you got to do, play with that. That was really stupid. But with them doing dual lands and stuff as well, it's like... Yeah, what what's stopping them from allowing you to conjure up a Black Lotus now? Like, they're already shown, even in paper, getting a Black Lotus from Garth One-Eyed, it's, it's a possibility. Like, yeah, it's... It, 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 they're, they're pushing it too... They're pushing the bounds too far. They want people to play with Black Lotus. Black Lotus. Black Lotus. Okay, if you want people to play with Black Lotus and OG Duels and all that other shit, guess what? Get rid of the fucking reserve list, print the fuck out of them, and make them 50 cents a piece. I'm not going to disagree. Then with that people at all. can play with them. Woo! Print them into standard. But you, woo! You fucking cowards. But you're forgetting. Triggered. You're, for, you're forgetting that there's like, so many. I'm sorry, but that's the easiest way to do it. No, if they I, want people I, to play with these cards. But but abolish the, the reserve list and print the fuck out of them. Yeah, it's really hard to say that they don't want you to play with these cards since they're putting them in in, in a conjured ability here, or like on Garth One Eyed and stuff like. I, I, you can't argue against they want us to be playing with cards like this. Do the, is this like the new way of like we want you to go but they don't get any cut of the the secondary market. I was going to say they want you to go pro and put money in to get in this Black Lotus but they ain't getting shit off of that Black no. Lotus getting played. So no. it's like yeah they, they want you to play with a Black Lotus. They want you to play with a Tropical Island and stuff. So Yeah with the, with the reserve list I think it's been long enough that if they were to, to abolish it and start reprinting it the prices aren't going to change as much as people are thinking. Uh, the the professor, he went on a video. I don't know if you saw this. I think I, I don't watch it. Professor. Uh, so I'll give you the gist of it. Uh, I highly recommend go checking out this video where he was talking about the reserve list. But his example was like using Birds of Paradise, Alpha Birds of Paradise, yep. or Shivan Dragon yep. from Alpha Beta and stuff and using the newer versions that got printed in 10th edition, for, uh, yep. Core 14 and stuff like that. Yeah, like, I have old 14th, editions I have... are still pricey. Like an, Oh, yeah. It's like a $600, $800 Birds of Paradise, $600, $800 Shivan Dragon, but yep. the newer versions are like five 50 bucks. cents, five bucks. Yep. No, yeah, like it's the, the, original, the, the, the original printing is always going to hold this price. I mean, we can even look at the new border cards and stuff like that. The OG Ravnica lands, like the yep. Dissension, uh, Guild Pack, and when they all got printed, those hold more of a price 
than the newer ones, the, excluding the variant art expeditions and stuff. And are, excluding breeding pool. Yeah. Yeah, breeding pool. There's a little more. <laughs> a little more breeding pool. But. Let's put it into perspective. A Ravnica, well, okay, breeding pool came out. It was at Allegiance uh, or Guilds breeding uh, pool. Guilds. Guilds? It's, uh, okay. The three, it was the snowflake looking one. Okay, so a Guilds printing of breeding pool is the same price as like what uh, i want to say steam vents from dissension i want to say those are around 25 bucks too breeding pool is 26 market right from allegiance yeah and that's what's fucking crazy it's a recent print and then you look at all the shocks from like dissension and guild pack and they're in that 20 to 25 range i don't even want to know what breeding pool is because i'm sure that one's expensive too 36 jesus christ it's not that bad actually right i mean in comparison but yeah but like that goes just goes to show you like the rest of the you it's know a good case study for it. guilds and allegiance shocks are what eight to ten. Well, you got to you got to look at the like, colors though, right? That's yeah. what that's what that's what affects the demand, the, the money. You know, Steve, is Steve the colors. breeding pool are always going to be important. Like scalding tarn and yep. misty rainforest are going to be the expensive fetches and stuff like that. Green black, green black, blue black. Tropical Green, Island blue. and Volcanic Island. Both of those are the most expensive duels. Uh, no, uh, pl- uh, not polluted. Uh, Delta. What's the Delta one? Not pl- the black blue OG duel. Why am I drawing a blank? Scrub. Black blue. Yeah, black blue. Underground sea. Uh, underground sea. Yeah. Yeah. Underground sea. Yeah. Then. Scrub. So the, the yeah. yeah blue blue is always going to be fetching anyways. But yeah, th- it's going to be hard for people for for anybody to argue against. I don't know. I, I feel we're on the same page. Like Wizards wants us to play the cards. Anyone's gonna anyone who tries to argue us against that, they don't want us to play with these expensive cards. It's like they're giving us these options to actually have them and stuff. So yeah, because how, no, how no one our age is yeah no one our age is gonna have them unless you've invested unless your parents invested in these cards when you were born. What do we think? Uh, th- now this is just gonna go like off off the cuff here, off the rail, yep. little speculation territory. That's this entire podcast, man. <laughs> We're right? never on the rail. We deviate like Scotty P. Shut septum. up. Do you think you need this... a new catchphrase? No, because it works. It's great. Do you think you deviated so far off it is not even attached anymore? Correct. When it comes to the reserve list, if Watsy's doing this kind of stuff, like, do you think maybe they've been working in the background without? letting information come out that maybe they have ideas to maybe just straight up you know either abolish the reserve list but i mean they've always kind of like tipped we can't forget that they always tiptoed around the reserve list like making cards like lotus bloom or uh wheel of yeah jewel lotus um soul uh reforge the soul and wheel of misfortune and stuff like that to kind of like go around cards that are on the reserve list uh juzum jin it's a, a black black two four four trample. It's on the reserve list, but then in original Modern Horizons, they made a red version of it. It's red red two for a four four and stuff like that. Like they they've shown ways to get around these reserve list cards. Yogg's Yogmoth's will, Yogmoth's will is on the reserve list, and we got Gaia's will. <laughs> yep. Like I don't know. I don't I don't know where I stand. It's like they're they're showing that they they're. It feels like they they're. I mean, clearly they're acknowledging the reserve list. Well, they but have they're to. Doing... They've they've been in contract with that for however many years now. Promissory estoppel. Uh, there's a an MTG Goldfish article that went on about it. And lawyerese is not my it's not my second language. So, 
Let's consult this week in corporate law. Uh, we'll let you guys know next week what they say. Two weeks. Corporate law is always late. <laughs> Seven to ten business days. <laughs> After expiration date. Or expected date. <laughs> is, this, uh, is that the 21st concussion? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fucking ambulance chasers. You guys were too late. Uh well, you guys got any more comments on the reserve list, I guess? I did not see that thing, uh, this conversation coming at all. I mean, JB has made it very clear. So, speaking of reserve list, this is hit up the MTG socks. Find out what card's Ooh, going up for price. for prices. Uh, is this a good segue? Is that what you're doing I'm here? trying to get you guys back on track. Oh, what a beautiful segue. I do, I do things occasionally. All right. Let's look at this. Weekly winners. Cha-ching. jump to the finance section weekly winners is an amazing article that is written by the lovely people over at mtgstocks.com in this article they talk about three to five cards that are moving up in price that they want to bring to our attention and three to five cards that are moving down in price that they also want to bring to our attention let's start off with stolen strategies this card originally printed in battle bond is a red four enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep exile the top card of each opponent's library until end of turn you may cast non-land cards from among the exiled cards and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells so uh stolen strategies moving up 173 percent now chilling at 12 dollars 93 cents this is the only printing of it and you can find them market price is about $13. Foil price is 25. Yeah, it's starting to stabilize out here around that 15 $14 range. This is moving up in price, uh, Commander specifically. It goes well in Regavan, Nimble Pilferer decks. Garth One-Eye decks are using this as well. And recently, it's showing up in new Adventures of the Forgotten Realms, Prosper, Tomebound. Uh, yeah, it's a, it got mentioned in the command zone as well, so it can have the command zone effect going on there. And apparently, uh, it was also mentioned in Brainstorm Brewery as one of his picks of the week uh, when it was only five bucks. Pick of the week. Now this is how we get right. Shut down for copyright infringement. We got uh, hey look behind you in the chat asking, did you hear about the new mind boggle? Hold on, no, no, hold on. We're not doing this. We're not doing this again. You know who it's from. No, hey, look behind you. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. It's not it's not uh Maybe you seal, should look behind you. It's not seal flippers. But no, no, not falling for this. God damn it. But isn't Jesse? No, he No, he's that's crow. Crow. Yeah. Anyways, not falling for that. Next in the week. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna keep going here. He's learned from his past. Maybe. Anyway, what's next? Anya's Raffature. God damn it. What? Oh, okay. Read it. No. Yes. No. No, no. Scroll down. I want to read it. No. I'm trying to read it. Scroll down. You're not. I can't. What? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's one of those things we can't We can't say on Oh, we, can't. we say worse shit than that. It's true. We do say worse shit than that. But I'm not saying it because that means I <laughs> fell for the joke. Fucking oh, you fell for not it. Not a joke. You, How can it be a joke? You, he just prefaced it, and I believed them. You, you, you tripped so them. hard that you fell, and that landed in your mouth. That's why you're gobbling it. <laughs> <laughs> 
next on the weekly winners. <laughs> Don't get ravaged, Thal. Ooh, Danny's jumping in. We have Anya's Ravager. This card only printed in Commander 19. Uh, Commander 19 decks is red 2 for a Vampire Berserker 3-3. Anya's Ravager attacks each combat if able. When Anya's Ravager attacks, discard your hand, then draw three cards. Has madness for red and a 1. Anya's Ravager has jumped up 78% now, chilling at $3.46. It is a popular card right now. $3.46. $3.46, my bad. <laughs> This card has been recently adopted in Legacy Hollowvine decks uh, due to the printing of Blazing Root Walla, which came out in Modern Horizons 2. It's red, 1-1 one, one lizard. You pay a red, Blazing Root Walla gets plus 2, plus 0. Oh, till end of turn, activate this only once each turn, and it has a madness cost of 0. So you can cheat out Anya's Ravager for by casting Faithless Looting, Lion's Eye Diamond, but then you get it out and you could just start discarding your hand and drawing three cards when it attacks. There's a list of a Hollowvine deck here in the article. If you're interested in this, you can go check that out. Right now, you can find copies of Anya's Ravager for 368, 460. There are no full printings. Uh, TCG has them for 50 cents, but if I click this link, I will bet you that there are not 50 cents anymore. Yep. Got a near mint one for nine fifty. Nine fifty. Uh light played two, light played four sixty, near mint four sixty. Yeah. Whoever posted this one for fucking nine fifty is just like they're aiming for the moon with that price. They'll get a sucker paying it. Someone, yeah. Next in the weekly winners we have Fracturing Gust. Great card. It's a powerful card. It's uh it's a Danny classic, I would say. EDH classic. It is hybrid Selesnia, Selesnia, Selesnia 2. For an instant, destroy all artifacts and enchantments. You gain two life for each permanent destroyed this way. This is the printing from Shadowmoor because this has a, a secret layer version and a from the vault annihilation version. Yep, it's the one I have in Wrath. This goes very well in Modern because it can hit Urza's Saga as well. It lines up along with cards like Crime and Punishment and Alpine Moon where it just like nugs Urza's Saga decks very hard. People are still on the lookout to, you know, keep keep Urza's Saga down, down and out for the count. Uh, this card's jumped up 56% now, chilling at $7.60. Uh, you can find them. Market price is around $4. Foil for the Shadow Moor is $12.80. But if you're into having cooler versions of this card, like you got the form of the Vault Annihilations, that's just a that's just a straight foil one. It has a nice glossy foil to it. That's about seven dollars. But if you want, I don't know, probably a cooler art in my opinion, you got the Secret Layer one that came out in the spring with the other the other Shadowmore one. Or not Shadowmore, the, the other Strixhaven Secret Layer drop. That one's around four dollars thirty seven cents, five bucks. A foil is just shy of nine dollars on that. So I mean, you got options. If you don't want the old board, if you want the Strixhaven uh, Mystical Archive looking style, then you still have that as an option to get for around the same price. And I actually would say that might be better, and especially for the long run of investing, if you want to buy that card, to so maybe bank on it in the future. Because there's only so many of those ones printed. I mean, same with Shadowmoor. Shadowmoor was printed during a recession in you know the American economy and stuff. So not many copies of that one out, but enough to where you know foils are only twelve bucks of that thing. Uh, next in the weekly winners, 
we have Liliana, Untouched by Death. Uh, this is the M19 version. For Black Black 2, you get a legendary Planeswalker Liliana with four loyalty. It has a plus one of put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. If at least one of them is a zombie, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. It has Neg 2. Target creature gets Neg X, Neg X till end of turn, where X is the number of zombies you control. And Neg 3, you may cast zombie cards from your graveyard this turn. This card jumped up 56%, chilling at 850 right meow. There are a couple printings of this. There is the San Diego Comic-Con printing, and then just the pre-release printing that has the timestamp. Market price on this card is about 750. You can find them between 750 and 950. Foil price on this thing is 2261. The price, let's talk about the price of the San Diego Comic-Con one. 150 bucks. 144 market, yeah, 150. For this thing um i do know that this has a bit of like contention and stuff around it because it is from artist therese nielsen who got blacklisted by watsi and stuff so i don't know if like blacklist artists are going to be moving prices a little more yep so think about that with the sandy right yeah they're they're not going to print it in any other thing but i don't think they're going to be printing any of the san diego comic-con cards in any other kind of a no well those are yeah any shape or form any kind of comic-con anything convention like that's going to be one shot only because they they what they print it whatever they printed goes there and that's the only time they ever print it yep so they come in there with whatever x amount of product and as soon as they're out they're out yep that's why most of them are usually signed Liliana is moving up in price because not only does it see playing like Commander Gisa and Jorolf decks and Liliana Here- uh, Heretical Healer, but also in a combo deck in Modern right now, it is showing up with new card Shambling Ghast from Adventures of the Forgotten Realms. Shambling Ghast is black 1-1 one, one zombie. When it dies, choose one. You get to... Give target creature and opponent controls gets neg one neg one till end of turn or when it dies you create a treasure. So if you have that, shambling ghast, un- Liliana un- untouched by death, and a goblin bombardment or any other kind of sack outlet, goblin bombardments newly printed into modern, red one sack a creature, goblin bombardment deals one damage to any target. So you sack the ghast to the bombardment. Well, you have Liliana out. You neg three it. You cast zombies from your graveyard this turn. You sack Shambling Ghast to Goblin Bombardment, and you trigger to get a treasure token. Goblin Bombardment pings somebody. You sack the treasure, cast Shambling Ghast from your graveyard, and you do that until your opponent's dead. Gross. Yeah. And you can kind of do the same thing with... Uh, oh, there, there's another combo at the, the dungeon zombie guy. That, there's a combo with that one as well, but... That's for that's for another day. But there are your weekly winners. Let's talk about some cheap pickups there, JB. All right. So first up, we have Imperial Recruiter, the MH2 print, sitting at $10.66, slowly trending downward. Then next up, we have another MH2 card with Ignoble Hierarch. F's in the chat for Danny. slowly trending Eh, down whatever (laughs) and then apparently it just must be MH2 bargain pickup week uh, because we have another MH2 card in Chatterfang Squirrel General sitting at $8.31 and trending downward yeah, this is the this is the point where a lot of Modern Horizons 2 cards are moving down in price so 
your most expensive card right now is Regavan at 73 bucks. Scalding Tarn, 36. Misty Rainforest, 30 bucks. Verdant Catacombs, 30 bucks. Uh, Cabal Coffers, 24. I know we talked about this last week. Like, this is a cheap printing of it. If you EDH players want some of this, pick it up. Arid Maces, 20 bucks. Marsh Flat, 19. Yavamaya is now 9 bucks. And if I'm not mistaken, that thing was like pre selling at 20 bucks. It was, yeah, it was pre-selling at 40 bucks and is now moving down. So n- now's the time I would definitely say, I, I, yeah, now's the time I would definitely say, if you want to be picking up a lot of MH or Modern Horizons 2 singles, now is your time to be looking at that. You got Culture Complete for $8.29. Daruthi Voidwalker, eight eighty four. Ah, damn it. <laughs> you lost out on that one? Well, I mean, not really. Like, I I got them at like fourteen. Or, I might have to pick up some rye wakes though. Like fourteen to twelve, I think I paid for four sixty eight so. for that new art. Right. Well, that's no, the old one. Yeah, that's the old one. It's not the uh, whatever the new extra print of it is. The yeah, extras want... is just under ten bucks. Though. Well, even that's it's still really that good. art's freaking sick. It's right. such good art. Way good art. I love that. I love that new Murari's wake art. But yeah, uh, the thing to come take away from this is now is your time to be picking up Modern Horizons 2 cards. Turok is $2. Profane Tutor is 3 bucks. Prismatic Ending is Aww, 3 bucks. I have Profane. It's only $3 now. You missed out? I did. Let's take a look at the most expensive uh, foil card. Well, they're showing all... Uh, You're going for the lowest, sir, bro. I am going for the lowest. There we go. $116. Yep, Rigavan. Imagine that. Cabal Coffers foil is fifty bucks. Urza Saga is forty six. Merktide Regents forty five for a foil. Thirty seven for a foil Scalding Tarn. Oh my god. Thirty six for a foil Misty Rainforest. Fetches Magic Folk. If you are interested in any legacy modern formats, you need your fetches. Now is a good time. Like sell off some of the cards that you don't want or you're not using, so that way you can like get your land base right now. I think that's I think that's where we're gonna like cap that one off before we continue on on a tangent modern has two cards moving down yeah we could spend hours upon hours talking about the land base in modern right and now it's it's so cheap like you're getting all of the enemy based fetch lands but let's move and talk about oh, oh before we move if you want to pick up any of these cards at any cheaper price keep an eye on these modern horizons two guard go check out tcgsniper.com if you go over there, sign up for their free account and mention that the guys over at This Week in MTG sent you, they will give you three months free of their Plus program where you get 50 cards that you can enter in and get notified on. So let's say you want to know when Regafan finally drops below 70 bucks. You enter that in, you set the desired price, and you will get notified on that. Seriously, go check them out. Truly worth it. So from there, let's jump into this amazing deck of the week. I don't know if it's amazing. I'm excited for it. It's a jank brew. Jank sure. brew. We alluded to it earlier in the episode. We did. What was what was it for? We were specifically talking about... Oh, Birds of Paradise. Well, I mean, no, it wasn't Birds of Paradise. It was Esper Sentinel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yep, that yep. could be a card to add maybe, in for you. Maybe. So we'll talk I about that. I think something else took its place. Oh, did you have Esper Sentinel in here before? No. I was thinking about it, but then I saw something else. Okay. Well, read, read, the, read off the list, and then we'll go from there. Okay, uh, so this deck's my twist on the uh, green-white soul sisters. 
or as some people may say, Heliod Company, even though I don't play Collective Company. That's not really based on Heliod either. Um, so it's a green-white Soul Sister deck running four Soul Wardens, four Soul Ascendants, and four Essence Wardens. I tried to keep the mana drop or the mana CMC down as far as I can. So to help that, I have four Ascendants uh, running four Noble Harks. Four ignoble harks. Another low drop would be, I guess, the newest add would be two glistener elves. Um, four birds yeah. paradise. Uh, we have two beast whispers just to get that card draw for all these one drops. And now it's more into the kind of more of the combo pieces with two heliots. Uh, we have two, or I have two herd bouts from uh, Modern Horizons two. Then we have two Ivy Lane Denzins for more plus one plus ones. That's for the, all the creatures right now. Running currently 38. I might push up to 40. Not percent sure yet. But with all those Soul Sisters, really the main win con is Aetherflux Reservoir. Running two of. And then just 20 lands. Four forests, four planes, um, four windswepts, four temple gardens. And just to throw people off for Ignath or Indactha Triumphs, um, just to uh, make people worry about the black. They're, and, they'll come in importance in the sideboard. And eh, maybe. I don't know. The sideboard's still up in the air, kind of. It's more of a rough draft. Um, so currently I have two Dams, two Damning Spheres, four Force of Vigors, two Heroic Interventions, two Paths, and two Void Mirrors for 14 cards in the sideboard currently. So the main the main thing you like to do with this is the herd bailoff and Ivy Lean Denison combo here. Well, that's late game if it gets there. Going into late game with that. Like I said, there's a few different infinites in here. Yep, you got that. Then what's some of the other infinites then? Well, I suppose I did take them out, didn't I? I had Walking Ballista in here, obviously for that Keliad combo. So yeah, I guess I only have one infinite in here for now. Huh? Check it out. Look at that. I'm yeah. smart. But you're uh, expanding everything that you do. Like with Glistener Elf, you start gaining life. You have Heliod. That'll start putting counters on the Glistener Elf. Yeah, I, I, try or, to, I try to make the deck so it's not just one target, a one-trick pony. Like most modern decks are. It's like, hey, not really a lot, but quite a few are one-trick ponies. So I just try to make it so it's not really based around Heliod. Right. But Heliod's just a pumper for it. So we were talking about Esper Sentinel earlier. What have you thought? I haven't really thought much about it. It's like much? I just thought I was like, oh, that's a nice card. I should probably put it in here, mainly because it's a one drop, right? So you got four nobles, four ignobles, and four birds of paradise. That's that's twelve mana dorks. Yep. Do you think? I don't know. Like, would would it be probably the birds of paradise to get swapped out? Nope. Keeping those in. Keeping the birds in because those are. I can pump those with Heliod, and that's a flyer. Is that your... That's the only flyer in my deck, other than Sierra Ascendant. It's yeah, the yeah, only flyer that actually has flying okay. permanently. So I'm keeping birds in there. Um, the reason, the main reason I was using um, Ignath, or Indatha Hierarchs, originally was for its Exalt. Oh, the Ignoble Hierarch? Yeah, uh, the, the Ignoble. The not Ignoble. I don't know why I was thinking of the land. But yeah, the Ignoble is just for the Exalt. It's like, okay, I have a couple Hierarchs and Birds. Okay, well, my Birds and Head exalt three times. Now it's a 3-4 of flying. 
Right. And that's always powerful. Yeah. And that could be turn two or turn three. Turning on. That would be a turn three if it was Did you four. have you put any prismatic endings in here yet? No. You should with all your mana dorks and stuff. You could easily yeah. hit a five color ending. Yeah. That is like true. I said, the sideboard is so rough right now. And I have like I said, it's mainly creatures. Right. I yeah. have two artifacts and no instances or sorceries in the main board. Yeah, the big thing with the Aetherflux the Aetherflux combo in here, it's like you just gain so much life very quickly and yep. stuff here. So you could just like straight up dome somebody. You see, this is where the, the Esper Sentinel could be good because you know you can draw cards to get down since you only do have two Aetherflux Reservoir. Because there's nothing else that draws you. I mean, the the triomes you can cycle them to draw a card, but Beast went, Beast Whisper draws me cards. Beast Whisper does. I like. Yep. There's well, that's, there's more. That's also so that's why I'm good. that's why I'm running so many low drops so I can just keep going through cards. Yeah, and you could you could draw your whole deck with Ivy Lane and Herd Bailoff and a Beast Whisper out. Well, it's just Ivy Lane and uh, well, yeah, I could. Well, wait, how's Beast Whisper worded? Is it cast or enters? Cast. Oh, it is cast. Yeah. Never mind. You don't try your whole deck. No. You got to cast them. Yep. Not as powerful as I thought it was going to be there in that interaction. So, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's nice to have all the one drops. So, you turn turn four, you're just dropping a crap ton of creatures. Yeah. Turn, because... f- turn five, because turn four, you play it. But, yeah. I'm definitely going to be the person that goes on the the card advantage angle of this. Because, yeah, the low drops are there, but being able to refill up your hand so that way you can continuously cast those low drops is important. Um, you know, I'm thinking of, like, the Is It Blitz deck when they have expressive iteration or uh, light up the stage as ways to, you know, fill up their you know, their hand again mm-hmm. so that way they can, like, keep going. And that's that's one thing I see here. And I guess maybe the Esper Sentinel would be good because then you can put counters on that as well and it'll make it harder for your opponents to pay the tax so you can draw the card. And if they do pay the tax, then they're just slowing down their own game plan. Yep. And I'm trying to think, like, what other good green-white kind of cards there are for drawing and stuff. That's the problem. Anything tacked with white doesn't have good card draw. What, are, what would be your thoughts on this um, Abundant Harvest? Single green sorcery choose land or non-land reveal cards from the top of your library to get the chosen type so you can like go through and make sure that you get your land drop or you can just make sure instead of getting land you get you know whatever piece you because you do got a yeah. lot of you do got a lot of four ofs um that was one thing one of uh members in the discord akumu and i were talking about this last weekend was abundant harvest working for uh, potentially working for decks that not necessarily like a toolboxy deck, but that have like a lot of one ofs. But you got a lot of four ofs, and you mm-hmm. got a lot of creatures. Your your split is pretty much creatures and lands. Yep. And so, like I don't know, with everything that you see, I don't think you're going to be upset. Like if if you're looking for a creature, and I mean maybe you'd be a little upset. Like turn six, you hit another noble hierarch, but. You're not going to be sad with a late game Soul Warden to help like get you into gaining more life, or a late game Birds of Paradise, or a late game Beast Whisperer and stuff. Maybe Abundant Harvest is is a way to go. That's that's a sorcery, but I do still like Esper Sentinel in there. Like maybe maybe trying like a two two split of both to see you know as you draw them what feels more compatible with the deck. I still think the Latimer's Call is is. A decent addition oh, to this too. The land that makes the two angels and non-angels gain indestructible. No, a Latimer's call. 
You're thinking of Maria's call. Oh, Ella Domery's call. Yes. Oh, if you said it right, sir. Vladimir. You know, you see creature heavy decks. Good tutor target. Maverick? Does Maverick and Legacy run Eladomery's Call? They're on Green Sun Zenith. Green Sun. Okay. So, I mean, Eladomery's Call is like the next best thing. I mean, yeah. I, I do actually have one in my actual physical sideboard. I haven't updated this yet. You know, maybe a one of in there would be not half bad. It gets you everything. And it's like, it's a that one card is essentially 38 other cards. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the cards I, I traded for. That's what it was. So, would you say... Would you rather have Eladomery's Call over an Esper Sentinel or an Abundant Harvest so that way you get to choose what you get over because to like... Because it is instant speed, sir. It is. And it doesn't... Yeah. You don't... Like, one thing about this deck is like, yeah, you're not really worried about taxing your opponents with what Esper Sentinel does. It's just trying to get like the card advantage. And the same with Abundant Harvest. I mean, maybe I could still argue Abundant Harvest, but the ability to specifically get what you want with Eladomery's Call. Yeah. I don't know. It's still trying to play test it. So what have you played it against with it recently? Like what have been JB's decks? How have they been turning out in there? Like you played against Rack. I can recall the other the other week, right? <laughs> how that turned out? Enlighten everybody again because it was funny. Rack totally fucked him over. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Just fucked him well, up. That's what Rack does. If you don't get ahead of it, it's gonna kill you, guaranteed. It's pretty potent that way. Still want you to go red black rack just to get a croaks in this to discard and bring back. It's better than nether spirit. Just saying. Just I have saying. one. Possibly those, those for trade. Void walkers, man. Void walkers are super powerful still, so yeah. I mean I'm they not do, gonna... they do stuff. Same with you the can, rock. You can get your opponent. you can get your opponent's uh Kroxa. Correct. <laughs> you are not wrong, sir. There you go. You essentially put in Kroxa and still giving me the middle finger about it. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> doesn't take a card from his 60, though. Exactly, and yep. it doesn't fuck my land base. Now, uh, th- th- this is a little tangent off from Deck of the Week, but the new Davriel in Historic Horizons, if you could. <laughs> Dude, so I have a Historic Discard deck on Arena that actually functions pretty well. Like, And I was just sitting here thinking, I'm like, oh my god, like we need to, like Wizards needs to print cheaper discard outlets in Arena and Historic and stuff. Yeah, because there's no, like, wrenched mine or... No, the closest you get is mine rot, which is two and a black. Yep. So, I mean, it essentially would make it two colorless. So, I mean, like, it would be technically a wrench mine at that point, but you'd have to have Davriel out. But, like, the applications of that Davriel are exciting to me. Yeah. That Davriel is pretty powerful. <laughs> and I'm excited to see what right. the other colors are for, for the Planeswalkers that they're doing. Don't lie, you're excited to see blue. I am. I am very excited to see blue. But there we have it, deck of the week. It's only been three weeks since we're going to do that one. Yeah, yeah, it is. But Matt going on tangents just makes it go way too fucking late. Hold on now, hold on now. It's not going on a tangent this one. We all went on the tangent for the reserve list shit. Don't, don't just It throw... wasn't even that, it was Tony Hawk. That was JB though. Yeah, was... we, we, we all did our thing. <laughs> Can't just be chucking me under the bus on this one. It's all your fault. I will not can. go alone. You're the one who triggered him the first time. Yeah, I will not go alone. Filthy blue player. <laughs> but with that, thank you, all you legendary magic folk, for making it to the end of episode 98 of This Week in MTG. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all those places where better podcasts can be found. 
We record the podcast live every Monday night around 7 o'clock p.m. on Twitch and YouTube. So if you want to see us do this stuff and get extra content, like see content that's going to be given to the patrons and stuff afterwards, like that Tony Hawk bit, maybe we'll, a good chunk of that might be shaved off and given to the patrons. We also need to figure out what we're giving away after this. We do. So we got that. Subscribe, follow on Twitch and YouTube. You can find us on a lot of different places around the internet. We have that in one tidy little link, a Linktree account. That link is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash This Week in MTG. It'll take you to our website, our Facebook, our Twitter, our Discord, our Patreon, our Moxfield, all of that stuff. Finally, I want to thank our patrons for being so lovely and contributing to help us make things uh keep an eye out in the patron and stuff for that and then finally thank you jdubs sports cards and gaming for supporting us now if you guys got anything else to add to this no i'm good i want to go home <laughs> no you don't get to go home because we have to decide what card we're giving away after this that's up to you guys no nope. those goes and with that we'll catch you guys next time see ya bye Fuck out of here. I'll fucking stab you. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. <laughs>